these to these people. Lord, I thank you for everything. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. I right, turn with me to Matthew, the 8th chapter, if you would. Just keep your finger there in Luke. Turn with me to Matthew, the 8th chapter. And I want to read Matthew's account of the same thing. <clears throat> Matthew, the 8th chapter, and I'm going to begin reading in the 14th verse. Matthew 8 and verse 14 says, And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house... So Instead of saying Simon here, he says Peter. He said Peter, and, and he he was coming to Peter's house, and he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. <clears throat> and he touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she arose and ministered in, unto them. And when the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. That it, that, I mean, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our <coughs> sickness, sicknesses. Know, <coughs> know when he. I'm sorry. No, when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he he gave commandment to depart unto the other side. And a certain scribe came and said unto him, Master, I will follow thee wheresoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And another of his disciples said unto him, Lord, suffer me first to go. And bury my father. But Jesus said unto him, Follow me, and let the dead bury their dead. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for the day. Thank you, Lord, for the blessings of you. Thank you for watching over us, taking care of us. Thank you, Lord, for everything. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for this day. Thank you for those who are here. And, Lord, I pray that they'll be blessed. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want you to notice couple of things in, in what I read. Also, uh, Mark has an account of it. Uh, but a couple of things, a couple of things that I've read here is, in everything, Jesus was concerned about what God had sent him here to do. That was, that was his concern all along. What God had sent him here to do. And, uh, and so remember that as we, as we preach this to you. Now, I've titled this message, A Helpless Mother-in-Law and Many Others. There were many others that were around when he, when he, uh, uh, when he uh, raised uh, Peter's mother-in-law. Now, I want to speak about Christ's method of doing the work that he was sent to do. You notice this. It's, it's something you learn as you as you study these things. As we have learned, Christ was no respecter of people. The people that he healed some, he didn't heal others. He and in other places he healed some, he didn't heal others. So he was no respecter of persons. He didn't he didn't just pick and choose some of the the ones that wanted to be healed and heal them, but 
uh, he was respect, no respecter of persons. Uh, persons. He rebuked those who needed rebuking and was sovereign in choosing those who needed healing. Now, I want you to notice what he told those who came to him needing healing. He said, I must preach the God, the kingdom of God in other cities also, for therefore am I not, or am I sent? If we would just learn a lesson here that God has set us where he wants us, and we have a God-given duty to carry duty to carry out that duty that he sent us here to do. Remember that. Jesus, this is what all Jesus ever thought about was what God had sent him to do. And he, he went and he did what God sent him to do in this. Now, we do not choose what we want to do, but we must do what the Lord sent us here to do, even if it means that we may have to give up other things as Christ did when he walked off and left those sick and possibly dying to do what God the Father has sent him to do. And even in one instance there, a man wanted to go bury his father, and Jesus said, uh, that's that's not what God sent sent me here to do. And he, and, uh, in other words, uh, I don't know if the man wanted him to go see his father and raise him, raise him up from the dead or what, but Jesus just plainly told him that, you know, that uh, uh, he'd already told him this is not what I was sent here to do. And, uh, you know, people, people have different reasons for different things. They have different reasons for why they want to, why they want to join church, why they want to get religious, why they want to do this, why they want to do something that's right every now and then. And, and, uh, when they get a religious mood about them. Well, uh, Jesus never did do away with what the Father had sent him here to do. Now, it may, it may amaze you, I don't know, it may not, but it may amaze you that God sends us here, God has sent us here to do a certain thing. He sent me to do a certain thing. He sent you to do a certain thing. And, and a lot of times we fail him on what he has sent us here to do. You know, the Bible says he sets us in the church as he sees fit. He sets us in, he set us in, I believe God set everybody in Landmark Baptist Church that's set in this church. I believe God set them here. I believe he set them here for a purpose. I believe he set them here for a reason. And so it's it's good that we go about the Lord's business in everything that uh, that we do in this. Uh, that's why that we uh, indiscreetly walk away from our duty, out, out walk out on our duty in the Lord's church. It's because we feel that we have control of ourselves. Now, I, I want to tell you, you don't have control of anything. You know, uh, what, what do you think those people thought when they came to Jesus and they said, uh, we want you to heal us too? And he said, I can't do it. He said, I've got something else I've got to do. He said, I've got to go preach the kingdom of God to another city also. And that's what I've set out to do. You know, he didn't, he didn't, you know, I, I think sometimes we, 
we let the things of the world get us down to where. And then I know I don't like to see. I don't like to. I don't like to see people down and out. You know, I tell you, it breaks my heart when I see on television sometimes of so as many homeless people as they are. You know, uh, I mean, they're showing miles and miles of homeless people on the streets of San Francisco, on the streets of Los Angeles, on the streets of New York. You know, and, and I wonder, you know, that uh, how many people have I ever known was homeless? Rhonda had an uncle was homeless. He never had a home to go to. My dad was homeless. He never had a home to go to. And, and, and I think about that all the time, and I think about I wish there's something I could do to help them, but you can't. You know, you just you just can't do it to to help them. You know, uh, I, I realize some of them just don't want to work. They they don't want a job. They don't want anything to do to make themselves uh, to take care of themselves. But uh, I feel so sorry for them sometimes. Well, Jesus didn't show any sorrow for those that were sick and dying that had come to him and asked him for help. Now, you say Jesus would never do anything like that, but he did. You know, we 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 think we serve such a loving God that 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 he would never do anything like that, but he did. He just left them aside. He left them alone. He left them right there and he didn't go take uh, with them. Now, if we're to understand a helpless mother-in-law and many others, we must see that Christ not only loved his disciples, but also was concerned about the sickness around them. Now, you know, Jesus, Jesus loved his disciples, but he was concerned about the sickness around them. Very concerned about the Bible. The Bible states that he was sought out by Simon Peter to come to his house and help his helpless mother-in-law. It doesn't say whether she was a child of God or not. He came to Simon's house and he rebuked the fever and it left her and she arose and I suppose that she fixed dinner for them. The Bible says she arose and she served them. You know, she, she, uh, uh, she came up out of her sickness and she served them. So I, I, I suppose that she fixed dinner for them. That's not as dramatic as some of his miracles were, but it was what he chose to do and not do for others. You know, it, it's amazing that I think about the man that we've preached about a few weeks back, the man that was at the pool of Bethesda and, and he, 38 years he'd been there. 38 years. He, people brought him out there and laid him down and, and hoping that he could get to the water when it was moved. But the Lord came to him and him alone. The Lord didn't heal another person that day. The Lord could have healed every one of them. Every one of them that lay there and wait, he could have healed every one of them. But he chose to heal that one. You know, that's, that's just a great blessing. It's a great blessing to me. That's uh, when evening came, there was a great congregation of sick people and, and those who had demons gathered around Simon's house. 
He laid his hand on every sick person and healed them and demanded the demons to come out of every one of them who were possessed. The demons rebuked him and he shut their mouths that they should not speak anything derogatory about him. The Bible said, he said over there, they everyone knew who he was. They knew who, they knew who had, who had rebuked them. They knew that there he was and, and, uh, but he, he shut their mouths to where they couldn't say nothing back to him concerning this. It's odd. Some of this is odd. <clears throat> why again, why again he already knew who he was going to heal and who he was not? He knew. All those that surrounded Peter's mother-in-law, he knew he was going to heal them. He, he knew it very well, and he, he knew that he was going to heal them. He knew he was going to cast out the demons of those that were demon-possessed. He knew that he was going to do that. But then it was the same day, it was the same day the Lord knows who he is going to save and who he's not and who he's going to miraculously heal and who he's not. He knew that. What, what about that, what about that residual crowd that, that was, was out there and they were sick too? They'd gathered. A multitude had gathered there. And, and Jesus healed those that he healed. He healed, he healed Peter's mother-in-law and he healed those who he had healed. But yet there was a crowd there that said, well, you know, why aren't you going to heal us? Why aren't you going to heal us? Now, if we're to understand a helpless mother-in-law and many others, we must see how he came to us and choose us out of a crowd of people. He came to us and he chose us out of a crowd of people. How many people were around you? How, how many people, how many people were around you when the Lord came and sought you out? You had hundreds of them. But you, I say today, as I've heard Brother Sam say, I still don't know why he chose me out of that crowd. As far as I know, out of that crowd I used to run around with, there's only two of us that were saved. Me and Otis Stanville. Otis Stanville, who had made a mockery of the Lord... When I witnessed to him, but yet the Lord saved him. Several years later, I saw him, and he said, "He said, I bet you can't guess what happened to me, Paul." I said, "What's that?" He said, "The Lord saved me." He had made a mockery. He had made a mockery of me when I went to him to witness to him. He had made a mockery of me, but but he said, "The Lord saved me," and I was glad to hear that. But there was a probably 20 more of them. I don't know how many there were. There's probably 20, 20 more of them that, as far as I know, they never were saved. Some of them have died. As far as I know, they never were saved. As far as I know, they never went to church. As far as I know, they never, they never even got religious. As far as I know, they didn't do it. So the crowd of people may be earthly family. 
They may be earthly friends. <clears throat> the, the most loving thing I see in this is that whatever he choo- whatever he chose me out of, I am so greatly blessed today. Now we're talking about fifty some years later. I'm blessed today because of that, because he chose me out of that crowd. Did you did 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 you ever think? Did I ever think that God was going to save me? Did I ever think that I was ever going to be quote unquote a Christian? No, I made fun of them. I made fun of them. We we sat over there and threw rocks. Us boys threw rocks down the aisle while Rhonda's preacher was preaching. We threw rocks down the aisle. We threw them from across the street into the door. They had the door open because they don't have they didn't have air conditioning up there. They had the door open in summertime. And we threw rocks down the aisle. And me being the big mouth I was, we we made fun of Rhonda's preacher. His brother Prince, we made fun of him, and we said, I was one that spoke up and said, well, I'll never do what he's doing. Me. You think I meant that? I meant that. I'll never do what he's doing. But then, I didn't know at that time that the Lord was going to come looking for me. I would have never said that if I'd known the Lord was going to come look for me. I would have never said that. If I knew the Lord was coming to look for me, I'd probably jumped up and took off running. Try to outrun him. You can't outrun God. You, you, you might think you can. You might think you can get away so far away that God don't even know you exist. You can't do it. You can't outrun God. You can't, you can't go over, over God's head and do anything. God is not going to let you get by with it. He's not going to let you get by with it. And and those demons that 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 curse Christ because he was there, you know, they weren't going to get by with it. He shut their mouths so they couldn't say anything back to him. Not only did he cast cast them out, but he shut their mouths up to where they couldn't say anything back to him. Now, I am now under his care and not one who will cause me to stray there's not one that I know of that would cause me to stray at this day and here's what Jesus said turn in John 10 I want to read that to you John 10 and I'm going to read, begin reading verse 14 in John 10 he says I am the Good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Do you suppose that Christ said, I've got some sheep in another city over here i got to go preach to? When he told all those sick people, I can't heal you, can't do it. 
Do you suppose that he had on his mind one thing that day? And that is that there was some lost sheep over there that he was going to go get them? Sure. Exactly. What he, what he says here. He says, as the Father knoweth me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and they shall be one fold and one shepherd. Nowhere in the Bible does you say that Jesus said, I'm going to heal everybody. No, nowhere did he tell the disciples when he sent them out and gave them power to heal. Nowhere did he tell them to heal everybody they saw. You know, you know, if, if you want to back out of what the Lord would have you do and show off sometimes, that's, that's what some of them might have done. I don't know. They might have backed off and wanted to show off. Well, look here. Look at this power I've got. I don't think I don't think any of them ever, ever, uh, uh, ever uh, sinned against that power they had. Jesus told them to heal the sick. He told them. He said, "If you go into a city and they don't accept you, dust your stomp, dust your feet, dust the dust off your feet, and go somewhere else." And this is exactly what Jesus' work was to go to another city and preach the gospel of that city. And, and they would be people saved. And he didn't say there wouldn't be people healed. But there'll be people saved. And, he, and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd. I mean, you think about this. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you get as excited about some of these things as I do. Maybe I hope you do. You know, uh, it excites me when I find out Jesus said back in somewhere around uh, 1630. Jesus said way back there. No, not not 1630. I'm sorry. That's what it is. Um, it was uh, it was over 2,000 years ago, let's put it that way, that Jesus said, I've got other sheep. You suppose he was thinking about me, Kara? You suppose he might have been thinking about you? Isn't that amazing? I have other sheep that are not of this fold yet. I've got to go to them. Do you, do you suppose that uh, maybe right at that moment, you know, Kara sings about being on his mind when he was on the cross, but do you suppose you was on his mind when he made this statement to him? Amazing. He knew then who he was going to save and who he wasn't. He knew then that he was going to save old Paul Jackson. He knew he was going to save you. He knew it even then that he was going to save you. And he, he, he worked toward that. He told his disciples after he, he went and he died and went back, he told them to carry his work on out. Carry his work on out. And, and that's the reason I say that every person that's saved is a miracle.
It was a miracle that Lulella was saved. It was a miracle. Lulella never talked about being saved a year ago. It was a miracle. Every time that we see somebody saved, you, you witness to someone and Lord saves them, that's a miracle. Because he sent you to the very one that he wanted you to be sent to. That's what I told one of the preachers that is, realizes, you know, that Lord hasn't been using him. And so he's trying a new method, trying a new way. I told him, I said, listen, I said, if God is in it, I said, he's going to send you to the people that he wants to save in that city. I believe that. I believe God sent me to you, and I believe I believe God sent me to you, and I believe I'm here today preaching to you because God sent me to you. Did any of you ever think that they would be an old, stupid Kentucky boy that would come down someday and preach to you and witness to you and tell you about the Lord? It's just... It's all, it's all this, when we talk about these miracles, these, these people, these helpless people, you know, they were helpless just like we were helpless. Even before we were born, we were helpless. And, and, and we were helpless when the Lord visited with us. We could do nothing when the Lord started convicting us of our sin. I was helpless. I didn't know what to do about it. I didn't know what to do about it. I even tried, I, I, I'm not one of those that tried to clean up my life because I didn't do it. But I did exactly what I said a while ago, I, I started running. When I realized that God was dealing with me, I started running. And I said, I said, if hell is around that next corner, I'm going to ride that motorcycle right into it. And I looked for it. I looked for hell. Because I was running from the Lord who eventually, remember how much I run, he was going to catch me anyway. But that, that person, that very person I'm describing to you is here today preaching to you. Was sent to you, preached to you. Some of you were saved under that preaching. Did you ever realize that? You know, it's, it's not an accident. I see Becky and, and, and Shelly back there. It wasn't an accident that I was your daddy. God said it like that. I was sitting the other morning and the tears in my eyes and I was thinking about my dad and mother. You know, I talk about my mother. My mother was... She was a strict disciplinarian. And she did beat us sometimes with that tobacco stick. But I sat another morning, I was crying. I was saying, Lord, I'm thankful that you gave me to those two people. We didn't have anything. We, didn't, we, didn't, we never did have anything. I couldn't go to school and and say that uh, uh, I had anything. We Some of the boys that, when I got in high school, some of them 
would wear certain shoes that I knew I could never afford to wear. But they, they, they got attention. But it was never like that. You might say, well, I was a popular person when I was growing up. Well, let me tell you, if you get out there in the world and you start witnessing like you should, that popularity will leave. It will. I promise you, it will. You won't be as popular. The Lord, what was it the Lord said? The Lord said, when men start talking well of you, you better be careful. You better be careful. Jesus went on to say in the 17th verse here, he said, Therefore doeth my Father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it take it up. I, I've never understood these people who believed that Jesus could have taken up and could have not gone to the cross he had the power not to go to the cross but he chose not to exercise that power because he knew that's what he had to do this commandment have I received of my father you know if you look down there a few verses down I'm not going to get into it a few verses down there they didn't like what he said they didn't like what he said it says there in the 19th verse, there was a division, therefore, again among the Jews for these sayings. And many of them said, He hath a devil, and is mad. Why hear ye him? Why do you listen to him? He's crazy for the things he's saying. He's crazy. You know, that uh, prayer Jesus prayed in the 17th chapter of John, few chapters over here that prayer he prayed he said I didn't come I didn't come to uh, to love everyone and in essence what he said he said Lord I love those that you have given me it's something to think about when we think about a helpless person I was helpless. I couldn't do anything for myself. When I realized I was under conviction, when I realized something was wrong, all, all I thought was something was wrong with me. Rhonda thought there was something wrong with me, still does. But she thought there was something wrong with me. There was something wrong with me. The Lord was chasing me. And he found me. I'm saying this to you because you ought to be grateful that he found me. As a result of him finding me, he found you. How's that connected? That's connected. That's connection right there. As a result of him finding me, he found you. Why do you think that I've spent 35 plus years with you folks because I'm thankful the Lord found me and I'm thankful he found you. I really am. All right, let's form a circle and let's have a prayer.